You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is the third and final episode of the week, the Utopia Football Podcast. This means we are ready for week two. The Indianapolis Colts coming to town for the first home game of the D'Amico Ryan's era. We're going to get you ready for that. We're going to take a look around the league and the sports world in general with some for real or fugazis a little later on in the program. If you're new to the podcast, you'll get the hang of it pretty quickly. But if you are new, welcome in. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. In the morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., myself and Seth Payne, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com. John McClain with a newly minted microphone. John, give it, give the people some of those dulcet tones. How do you how you feeling today? Would you like for me to sing a song? Let's do it. Let's I do used it. To be a singer in a rock and roll band back in high school. Shut up. Are you serious? No, I am. Yeah, I can't say what the name of it was because yeah, it's, you can. Uh, it's a podcast. I can't either. Really? I wouldn't say it on a podcast. People have been asking me in Nashville for twenty seven years. I've had bellhops, valets. People say, so what's the name of your band? I won't tell anybody. And I said, yeah, right. What Would it get you canceled? Is that the deal, John? It might get me canceled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll well, tell you off the, I'll tell you off the air. Whatever. You can tell me later. Now I'll see you at yeah. the game on Sunday. You can tell me then. <laughs> I'll just make sure it's not near a hot mic. Yeah, not you. near a hot mic. I don't want to get in a jam like that Buffalo Bills.com reporter did I this saw week. That. I saw that. All right. So we'll do a six-pack that will get us ready for the game specifically in just a little bit, but just general thoughts now on the uh, the Houston Texans and where we are, John. One game and several practices in. Um, I, I guess th- this specific to this game. Before we get into the six pack part of it, um, the as far as news and notes go, uh, the um, safety position right now is a big problem for the Texans. No Jalen Petrie, no Jimmy Ward at practice so far this week. Yeah, well, first of all, just the overall atmosphere of the first home game under D'Amico Ryans. There's a lot of excitement, a sellout. They're guaranteed a selling out the first two home games. The second one against the Steelers, J.J. Watt Day. So they should have a really good advantage because the Colts don't have a lot of fans that travel. They don't have a whole lot of fans here. So it should be a predominantly Texans crowd atmosphere should be electric. And then um, I was asked on an Indianapolis station, should Richardson, should the Texans want him to run the ball or throw the ball? And I said, well, if you don't have either starting safety, you don't want him throwing the ball down the field. So you want to have him run like Lamar Jackson did, even though he had one good run, he didn't 
hurt them overall. The run defense improved significantly. So I think uh, uh, safeties, George Fan's supposed to play right tackle. So I'm guessing, you know, you missed your two safeties. Plus they're both captains. Yeah. Ward with a hip injury and, Jay, and uh, Jalen Petrie with a bruised lung. That's got to affect you, even though you have two veterans like M.K. Stewart and uh, Eric Murray as backups. But, you know, it's early in the season. Petrie started every game last year. I can't remember him not starting a game at Baylor. So this would be a really big deal for him to have to miss a game. This is new territory for sure for him, John. I guess um, – and among others on the injury report, there were several guys that were limited in practice this week who I I guess would be playing now. Now, they sent Noah Brown and Hassan Ridgeway to the IR. So those guys are going to be gone for at least a few weeks now, which John Mechie's back at practice, Xavier Hutchinson. I mean, now, John, Noah Brown was one of the few older guys in that receiver room. The pressure and the focus now is is really uh, probably heightens on Nico Collins and Robert Woods as much as anything, but they can't just get by with just two guys running patterns out there. Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson, and I would imagine we're going to get our first look at John Mechie III this weekend if indeed the limited practice he's been getting is an indicator that he could play this weekend. I want to see Tank Dell get the ball more. Um, when they go to three wide receiver sets, he should be outside. Uh, Woods can play inside. Collins is better outside. Collins and Woods, I had no issue with anything they did. Six catches each. Woods would add four First down catches, one wiped out because of a penalty, but he was very reliable in a pressure situation for him, for C.J. Stroud. And then Collins, if he could play like that every game, six for 80, you know, he boy, he'd be making some money. And uh, But Tank Dell, we want to see him get the ball in his hands more than three times as a receiver and once as a punt returner. Yep, I, I totally, totally agree with that. John, just you talk about the excitement. And I agree with you. I think the atmosphere is going to be really, really good on uh, Sunday. I, I hope people are in their seats early so that people aren't snapping pictures 10 minutes before the game saying, here's the Texans crowd in week two against the Colts at the opener. Because eventually it is going to fill up. And I'm with you. I think it's going to fill up mostly with Texan fans. Um, I, To me, I think about, boy, if they're able to win this game, we could have a game in week three with the Jag, whether the Jags win or lose this weekend. If they win, that means the Jags are undefeated and that game will have some juice because you're going against an undefeated division leader. If the if the Jags lose this week, which which they play the Chiefs, right? What are you laughing at? You're gonna say a battle for first place? It, mathematically it will be. You're Actually, right. yeah, mathematically and John, and and look. I have probably as a defense mechanism over the last two years, based on the two head coaches we've have we've had. Very nice individuals, beautiful human beings. Don't inspire me at all. So probably as a defense mechanism, I've not allowed myself to dream these types of dreams even early in the season. Um, but D'Amico Ryans is going to allow me to do this. If they're able to beat the Colts this weekend, the Texans are one-point underdogs. This game is basically a coin flip in the eyes of the odds makers. We'll make our predictions in a little bit. That, that will have the most juice on a regular season game probably since the opener of 2020 against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. I am not afraid to say that right now. Yes, you can laugh and cackle all you want into your brand-new uh, Yeti microphone, John, um, but I will allow myself to get appropriately excited about Week 3 should they win this game in Week 2. Well, they should win this game in, in uh, Week 2. They're favored. By the way, Sean, 
They're not favored anymore, John. The line They're is not. Colts minus one now. Yeah, and the I line wonder, moved. I wonder why. I mean, what happened to the Colts that all of a sudden made them be the favorite? But They had a bunch of people bet on them. That's what happened. Yeah. You know, the money came in on them. I don't, I'm guessing that you guys know this, and you and Seth, Seth have been talking about it. Greg Grissom, the president, asked me to promote this. They want fans in their seats by 1130 because they're going to honor D'Amico. And I'm guessing that would be a really cool video, you know, D'Amico will be on the field and then in the locker room. But they want the fans to be in there by 1130. They've done everything they can to get fans in there earlier. They just don't do it. They've even had, remember, some kind of announcements in the parking lots. Maybe they need to open the gates sooner and let them tailgate earlier so they'll come in. But D'Amico will be honored, and they're hoping that people will be there by 1130. And, yes, if they could win this game, it would make it more exciting when they go to Jacksonville. And then if they could start one and two, I think that would be plenty to ask. But, you know, they've they've done well against Jacksonville going back to 2017, and maybe they could surprise some people and do well early in the season. Yeah, you got the Steelers at home. They don't look to be at least one game in. They don't look to be all that hot. And then you got four NFC South teams in a row. John? I am going to dare to dream right now, and I'm not going to let you suck the joy out of this dreaming that I'm doing, all right? Hey, what exactly – we'll do the six-pack here in a second. What exactly does that mean that they're honoring D'Amico at 1130? Like, what are they doing? What's it for? Well, I'm guessing just his home opener, I'm guessing they're going to have a, probably an extensive video Okay. talking about his career as a player and his probably, you know, on the field, off the field, everything he's done. And that's all I know. As okay. I said, we're going to honor – D'Amico. Well, they can't do anything else. They can't stop the proceedings, and he's not going to be worried about that. He's worried about the Colts. Right. So that's what I'm guessing, but they okay. want people in their seats by 1130, if possible. Okay, yeah, that's what, that That was my question. Like, is D'Amico part of this, or is he's he's got a game to coach? So I would hope that he's I would hope that he's not part of it. I, I'm nah, cool he's not part it. of it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm cool with them doing it. I'm, I'm Honestly, I'm sad I'm going to miss it. I'm going to still be out in Bud Light Plaza or outside of Bud Light Plaza doing the pregame show. So I'm kind of bummed I'll miss it. But I'm guessing whatever it is will get distributed on social media post-haste as soon as the as soon as the game kicks off. All right, John, so let's do our six-pack. Let's do our um, pregame six-pack. We do this before each game. Six people, storylines, or aspects of this game that people need to know going into this game. And then you and I will give our – prediction for this week two matchup with the Colts after we do the six pack. But John, you're the hall of famer on this show. So the honor is yours, your honor. Thank you, Sean. I'm going with obvious with uh, CJ Stroud versus Anthony Richardson. I have a column on SportsRadio610.com about their relationship, how vital they are. And we should be watching these two guys twice a year for a long time. And so I'm going with Stroud. It's interesting all these analytic sites, I saw one that had Stroud ahead of Richardson and Bryce Young after the first game. I read one this morning that had uh, Stroud third. I don't know how I could add him third behind Bryce Young. I can agree, Richardson, because he accounted for two touchdowns. It was number one, but it's amazing. The fact is, I thought Stroud's performance, and I know you feel this way too because we've talked about it, was encouraging. There was no reason to look on that performance and go, wow, he's going to struggle. Struggling right. is what happened to Joe Burrow and, and Josh Allen and some of those other veteran quarterbacks. But I thought he was very poised. And he's playing his first home game. Crowds don't bother him. He played at the Ohio State University. But 
being at home, you know the adrenaline will be flowing. He'll have some butterflies. And the best thing about the first game, besides getting rid of the ball quick, was he was accurate. I went back and watched it, and I know you did too. He had a lot of sideline routes in which the corners thought they were going to break on the ball and get a pick six, and it arrived to the receiver just ahead of the corner. And you know the Colts will be trying to do that too. But And, of course, what Stroud's got to do better is in the huddle, get in the play call, get them in the line of scrimmage because they don't want to be out of timeouts with 8.14 left in the first half. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, John, fun fact. This is the second time in league history that two quarterbacks age 21 or younger are facing off in an NFL game. Mariota and Winston back in 2015 was the first time. Yeah. That's a great stat. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So two really young quarterbacks, two faces of the the future of the league. Um, My first one, John, you're going to go Stroud. I'm going to go Will Anderson with my first one here in the six-pack. He had the most impactful game, I would say, of any rookie on the defensive side of the ball, probably him and Jalen Carter. Carter was really good for the Eagles. Will Anderson is working next to far fewer great football players than Jalen Carter is in Philadelphia, the defending NFC champs. Um, I think keeping Anthony Richardson in the pocket, if they can, is going to be a big factor in this game, not letting him get loose for some of those Lamar Jackson kind of plays. Um, Will Anderson was really good across the board in his debut, John. It wasn't just him getting Lamar Jackson on the ground and applying pressure in the passing game. He was pretty disciplined in the run game too. So Will Anderson continuing to build on what he did in week one is my first one. Sean, it bothers me because the official stats that are in the game book afterward, they don't account for hurries. So you have to use a analytics site. And I can't remember which one I saw said he had six hurries. Brian Baldinger had a great analysis of every play he had. Great job. He just loves him. So Anderson is off to a great start for God's favor to be NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm guessing it'll be him and Jalen Carter neck and neck. What's your next one, John? I think my next one is going to be back to offense of Damian Pierce. They got to get the ball to him more. They got to run the ball more. That was not the kind of 49ers offense we expected to see. So I think they're going to really work hard to emphasize the run. I think we'll see Bobby Sloak's play calling be a little more balanced. And uh, Pierce needs to have a good game if they're going to win this game. Yeah, I think so too. Running the football, they just could not run the football that that uh, against the uh, 
against Baltimore. Um, operating with a lead would be good, you know, in this game, I think, you know, the team that gets the lead. And, and Indianapolis was not a good running team as well in their week one. They scored more points than the Texans did. But outside of some design runs by Anthony Richardson, they couldn't get anything going on the ground. Deion Jackson, I think, had like 13 carries for 14 yards or something like that. He had a couple that he popped, but they got called back because of penalties. Um, but, but that's still an issue, you know. So either way, the running game was was uh, was not very good. Um, my next one, John, in the six pack is going to be the Texans linebacking core, and I'm 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 going to talk. You know, Christian Harris, Denzel Perryman, and now Henry Toa Toa, who's been moved up to first string. They love Henry Toa Toa. Um, they've got to be real disciplined, I think, when it comes to Anthony Richardson, and they've got to hit Anthony Richardson. I think that's one of the biggest keys. He had to go out a couple of times in that opener against the Jags. Because he's just he's fairly careless with his body right now. I don't think he realizes he's playing against grown men now. Um, I think I heard a story. Trevor Lawrence even came up to him after the game against Jacksonville and said, "Hey, man, you may want to handle your business a little bit differently out here <laughs> in the run game." Which I say to Trevor Lawrence, "Why are you giving him advice that's going to help him beat you down the road? Stop doing that, Trevor Lawrence. It's not benefiting anybody in the AFC South that you do that." But I think if I'm D'Amico Ryan's John and I'm doing the bullet points on the whiteboard for this game, my number one bullet point is you hit. Anthony Richardson, every opportunity that you get. Something very interesting. Pro Football Focus had Toa Toa and Anderson rated fourth and fifth of all the rookies in the NFL in their debut. And I thought it was really interesting that Toa Toa was right ahead of Will because I thought Will played a great game and I didn't hear Toa Toa's name called a lot. But my third one is going to be the most important one in, in this game because it controls so much. The offensive line. They got creamed in the first game. Stroud's running for his life. They couldn't run the ball. If George Vance back at right tackle, that means they don't have to change two positions again. Josh Jones will go back to left guard. But they've got to play better. You'd think with a game under their belt they would, and that's why it's easier for linemen to run block than pass protect. And that's one reason I think they'll come off with a determination to run the ball. A problem, Sean, besides the injuries. Indy's defensive line has pulverized the Texans' offensive yeah. line for quite a while, made a lot of big stops, forced turnovers. It's a good defensive line. It's a good front seven, probably right up there with Baltimore. Yep, they are. They, the, the Colts are not a great football team. Their front seven on defense, when it's fully healthy, in their defensive line is really, really good. DeForest Buckner and um, Grover Stewart are are, uh, are excellent, excellent football players. Um my along those lines, my last one for the pregame six pack, and then we'll do some for real or fugazis after that. Um, along those same lines, mine is T Dalton Schultz, really the tight ends in general, Dalton Schultz and Tegan Catoriano, uh, but mostly Dalton Schultz. He's the one that coming into this season, we'd seen what a security blanket he had become for Dak Prescott in Dallas. And I think, especially if CJ Stroud is under siege in this game, which he could be, you know, given the offensive line issues and the fact that the Colts do have some guys that can apply some pressure in that front seven, uh, the ability to get the ball out quickly, the ability to have a security blanket and use a security blanket. Schultz has been underwhelming, John, since he got here. You know, the preseason, he 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 didn't do much. You know, he was he had a miscommunication down near the goal line in a preseason game. Um, I think against the Saints. And then he was underwhelming in the first game of the regular season last week against Baltimore. I think he just had a couple of catches for maybe four or five yards. It was it was not much. Um, if this offense is going to take a step here and go from being one of the worst in football to at least being one that 
teams have to be somewhat concerned about. I'm not, I don't have delusions. They're going to be a top 10 offense anytime soon, but Dalton Schultz is going to need to be a part of that. So he's mine. I think Dalton Schultz is a guy, if we were doing, John, if we were doing the player upgrade, like we do with you on the pregame show, my player upgrade, a player that needs to play a whole lot better this week than he did last week, or than he's been playing is Dalton Schultz. Absolutely. And based on what we've said on this podcast, Tank Dell needs the ball more. Dalton Schultz needs the ball more. Damian Pierce needs the ball more. They better control the ball. Yep, absolutely. All right, so that's our pregame six-pack. John, we always finish up the six-pack before we do for real or for gazes with our prediction on the game. Uh, Colts are a, a one-point favorite as of this recording here on Thursday late morning. What says the general, John? What do you say? I'm going with low scoring and boring 16 to 13 Texans. 16 13. Okay. So 16 13. You were close last week. So I was. I can't wait to hear your prediction. Yep. Yeah. I, I said 24 10 Ravens. It was 25 to 9 Ravens. Uh, a score agami. They'd never been. I, if I'd predicted 25 to 9, I'd have, I'd have been predicting a score that had never happened in the history of the National <laughs> Football League. Uh, my score that I have the Texans winning also, John. 23 to 17 is my final score for this game. I do think at home they're going to get a little bit of momentum going offensively. My 23 comes from a couple of touchdowns and then probably a few trips to the red zone where we see some rookie things happen and they kick a few field goals in this game. So 23 to 17 Texans is my final score for this game. And you know the Texans sure hope we're both right, especially you, because 23 points would amount to an eruption. That is an outburst, absolutely. All right, so it is time. We've got our predictions. Uh, we both are picking the Texans, John 16-13. And me, 23-17. And now it's time. This segment, I know everybody loves this. A little for real or fugazi. We got you ready for the Texans game. Get you ready by addressing some of the other storylines around the league. In a week one that was flush with storylines for sure. Um, It's what's great about the NFL, man. It's the greatest episodic television on the face of the earth. So, John, let's do this. uh, Let's do this for real or fugazi. For those who don't know how this works, because we're getting new listeners all the time to the podcast. I read a sentence as if it is fact, and uh, John, John McClain reacts to it. Either he agrees with it by saying that is for real and explains why, or if he thinks what I just said is silly, he says, Fugazi. Fugazi, in that great Waco Italian accent that he's got right there. Um, and uh, and then explains why I'm, I'm off my rocker with what I just said. So let's get it going, John. I got a few for real or Fugazis. Uh, and we started off with C.J. Stroud. Uh, last week, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young all made their NFL debuts. For real or Fugazi, C.J. Stroud had the best week of any of the rookie quarterbacks. Fugazi, Anthony Richardson had the best week because he had higher completion percentage. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. And uh, C.J. Stroud, even though he played well, he did not have any touchdowns rushing or receiving. And Bryce Young was last because he had the lowest rating and he threw two interceptions. Bryce was bad, John. Did you watch? Have you? I, I know you rewatch a lot of these games like I do. I like the, the condensed version. I just went back and watched the condensed version of the Colts and the Panthers, but just only the offensive snaps, not the defensive snaps. Boy, Bryce Young, uh, one game in. Yikes. Eek. One of the things I worried about, Sean, was him throwing the ball over the middle because you have to throw between the linemen not over him, and he had two interceptions throwing over the middle. And they're wondering, does he have problems? But it's only one game. I think these guys, they get a free pass for a year. All right. Uh, Next one. Um, 
the uh, this goes back to something you and I were talking about when we were previewing the game. But uh, the Texans uh, are zero and one. If they win this game, then uh, they will be one and one. And even if the Jags win against the Chiefs this weekend, John, the winner of that game in Week Three would be in first place because the Texans would have the head-to-head win over the Jags. So, John, a win by the Texans this weekend at NRG Stadium for real or Fugazi. It would set up the most relevant football game for the Texans in week three since the 2020 opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, sure. Why not? They would be playing for first place. Uh, I I was hoping you would say Fugazi, and then I wanted you to name the more relevant game that they will have played the last two years. If the Jaguars lose to the Chiefs, which of course is possible, then uh, they could be playing for uh, sole possession. Sole possession. Yep. So, yeah, that would be a lot of intrigue. And even if they win this game and the Jaguars and the Jaguars are 2-0, then they get to play for a share of first place and have the first tiebreaker. So I think you're right. It's a for real. It's a for real. Yeah, it's a relevant game. It's, people would be talking about that game going into week three, especially if the Texans come out and make a statement on Sunday. Like if the Colts come here, you know, the Colts were ahead of the Jags in the fourth quarter of that game. And then, you know, then they started making mistakes. I mean, if the Colts come here and the Texans put one on them, you know, they win, you know, 24 to six or something like that, that I I think that would get a lot of people's attention. And I think people around the league that cover the league want to root for D'Amico Ryans. Everybody loves D'Amico Ryans. So everybody does. Yeah, you're right. But man, I hope we're not sitting there next week talking about the possibility of being 0-3. Oh, John, there's a really good chance we will be. This is still the Houston. Oddsmakers say we will be. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, Okay, uh, last one on the Texans, and we'll get to a couple uh, general NFL, and and I got an Astros one in here too. Um, It looks like Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward are going to be out for at least another week. But for one week, the Texans, they can weather the storm without their two starting safeties, for real or Fugazi? I think it's a for real. These guys got experience. Uh, Stewart had a fumble recovery, and I believe that uh, they're capable of doing that. Anthony Richardson is not going to throw the ball a lot very accurately, even though his percentage was better than it was last year at Florida. I don't think he's going to beat him throwing the ball. If he beats him, it's going to have to be running. So I think they can get by. Yeah, I think so too for one week. Now, it's if they're out against Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley and Christian Ooh. Kirk and all, Zay Ooh. Jones and all those guys, that's – Evan Ingram, that that becomes tell Travis Atn out of the backfield. You know, like that's that becomes a problem if if you're missing both of those guys. Um, if you could get one of them back, John, who would it be? Well, you know who it would be. I just want to hear you say it, John. That's it. All. Would be Jalen Petrie, second Bears. I knew it. I knew it. All right, uh, next one, John. Uh, biggest story in the NFL this week, as we know, is Aaron Rodgers going out with uh, a, a torn Achilles. His season is over. For real or Fugazi, the Jets can still make the playoffs with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I think that's a for real. Last year when Bryce, Reese Hall, their rookie running back, went out um, for the year, they were 5-2 and two with Zach Wilson. Now, it's a tough division. All they'll want Wilson to do is not turn the ball over. But uh, I hope that while Rodgers is rehabbing, he does it at the Jets facility, and he's on the sideline at practice, sideline at games, doing everything he can to help Wilson and whoever they bring in as their veteran backup to go with Tim Boyle. But I think they definitely can. We've seen teams rally before. Now, I'm not going to say this is happening. But when Trent Green went out for the Rams in 1999, 
Everybody was running a list of quarterbacks they could sign or trade for. And when Dick Vermeil stuck with that nobody grocery store clerk, Kurt Warner, who'd been in NFL Europe and a low man on the totem pole in Green Bay, everybody's, what in the world is the matter with Dick Vermeil? He's lost his marbles. John, I want Aaron Rodgers to go back to Malibu and rehab and not be anywhere near the Jets because that's way better for content. <laughs> Aaron, this this new well-adjusted Aaron Rodgers has not been nearly as much fun to cover as a sports talk radio host as the the malcontent that he was the last several months in Green Bay. That's he's, that's just it's an easier putt. Sean, he's gonna have to become an NFL analyst because he's gonna be on a Pat McAfee show every week, as is JJ Watt. Yeah. So he's I guess he's gonna come on and talk about the Jets, but they're gonna ask him a lot about the NFL. So since he's not playing, he's gonna have to keep eye an eye a close eye on everybody else. Now maybe after his surgery, he'll just retreat to the darkness. Um, JJ was on today and had a lot of nice things to say about Will Anderson on there, uh, on the Pat McAfee show. So I'm anxious to, I, I only heard about it. I didn't hear it firsthand. Um, but I'm anxious to go, uh, go check that out. All right. A couple more, John. Um, it's been, I would say for Ryan Presley of the Astros, it's been not as great a season as he's had in the past, just purely. I mean, he's got a bunch of saves, 30 saves. I believe his ERA is, is higher, notably higher than it's been in recent years. Simple one for real or for Gazy. Ryan Presley cannot be trusted right now. Oh, that's for real. He can't. He had a chance to save a no-hitter He with one out in the ninth, and he gave up two runs. He was terrible. You know, right now, Brian Abreu hadn't allowed a run in 15 games. But you know, Dusty Baker loves veterans, and we've said before we're afraid that he put Christian Javier in the playoff rotation, even though he doesn't deserve it because of what he's done in the past. You know, Maldi's going to be catching. And I presently, no way they're going to bray you, but right now he's really struggling. And a lot of the people who like the Astros as fans of media think, well, once they get in the playoffs, everything will be fine. I hope they're right, but I'll believe it when I say it. You more worried about the hitting or the pitching? Pitching, starting pitching. Yeah. Uh, Verlander got lit up by the A's, a triple-A team. And Fromber pitched better. He was a victim of no hitting, and uh, he could have won that game, should have probably won that game. It was just disgusting how bad the hitters were in those first two games. I I am most worried that this year Dusty is going to be asked to make a lot of decisions when it comes to pitching. Whereas, I mean, he, the pitching was so good last year. You knew who the four starters were going to be. He had, he had to make no decisions with the rotation. It was Verlander, Fromber, Javier, McCullers. That was it. Now, McCullers didn't pitch real well in the postseason, but nobody was complaining that he was their fourth starter last year. Garcia and Urquidy were in mothballs the entire the entire postseason because he didn't need them because those guys all got you to the sixth inning, and then you just you you just form you plug in Neris and Abreu and and Presley. It was Montero at sometimes last year. All right, John, last for real or Fugazi, and it's weather-related here in Houston. For real or Fugazi, this is the happiest you've been to see rain ever in your whole life. Absolutely. That's a for real. Yeah. I was outside before before we came on to record on Thursday, and it started raining, and I walked around in it. Didn't care if I got wet, and I hope it happens more because it's been a long time. I've been in Houston since 1976. This is a record of highs. Everything has been so hot. I think everybody welcomes rain. 
Now we'll probably get it in droves and have guys flooding. But I think at this point, everybody in Houston should be outside dancing in the rain. For real or Fugazi, you dance shirtless in the rain when you do it. That is Fugazi. I don't do shirtless. I was lucky to have be. I'm sometimes I think uh, I shouldn't even take my shirt off in the shower. Oh, come on, John. Come on. You're an Adonis. Sort of weight loss, baby. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's our for real and Fugazis for this week. I just wanted to get that last one in there, John, because there weren't many Fugazis this week. I just wanted to hear you say Fugazi again. So I, Fugazi. I, I had a feeling you didn't dance around shirtless outside. So I knew that would be a Fugazi. Um, all right. Uh, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I have, uh, besides our Utopia football podcast, of which we do three, mm-hmm. um, I also have a column on uh, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, close friends, except for Sunday. And then in the last game of the season at Lucas Oil Stadium, they've been buddies since high school. I've got one on the Astros. I have one on the Texans offensive line, which looks like it's not going to be without George Fant. And until Titus Howard and Juice Scruggs get back, I'm wondering if maybe Jarrett Patterson, who did a good job at centers for the first time, might end up being the left guard. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, John, this we know. He is a highly intelligent football player. Absolutely. Where, where did he go to college? I forgot. So a small parochial school in northern Indiana called the University of Notre Dame du Lac. We got Central Michigan this weekend, John. We went to Baylor-Notre Dame game. Yeah. We flew up there. We took a train from Chicago with a Baylor group to South Bend. Yep. And a good friend of mine, T.J. Simers, longtime writer in L.A., said you have to go to this place because where the Notre Dame band starts and you can get in the band and you can march across campus with the band. So I went there and I, we had been doing a lot of drinking. And so I got in the band as it was marching across campus and tried to call people to tell them what I was doing. And of course they couldn't hear it. And of course, Carol didn't take any pictures. Did you ever do that while you were there? No, I was too busy out in the parking lot getting getting shit faced. <laughs> well, I was hammered. I can't yeah. remember much. And I often wondered, did TJ tell me that because nobody does it? Is that a tradition? Dude, that might've been a rib on you right there that he was Well, playing. I wondered because I was the only one. And, but now that I got you here, he told me, oh yeah, it's a tradition. Just get in there. How how long ago was it? It had to be in the age of cell phones because you said you were trying to call, right? Yeah, I had a cell phone. I was trying to call people. I can't remember. It was 20 years ago, but it was a lot of fun. I'm I'm not the only person that can say I marched across campus with the Notre Dame man uh, as it was getting close to the stadium. You should have just gone full leprechaun, John. Like just worn the 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 the, the knickers, you know, the the green uh, short pants there, and the, uh, the 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 long coat with the with the long Willy Wonka tail on it, and the hat. And you should have just you should have gone full leprechaun, John. That I was, think I was shirtless back then. Yeah, see, it's, it used to happen. You used you used to be an Adonis, though. All kidding aside, I've seen the pictures. You you back in the day. The slender John McClain. You're pretty slender now, though, John. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll show him on the podcast sometime. There you go. Okay, yeah, that's what we'll do. After the season's over, we got a little downtime. We'll do a, a, a This Is Your Life, John McClain. The various shapes and sizes of John McClain through the years. 
Um, good stuff. I think was uh, that Baylor team, I believe, was a Dave was Dave Roberts the coach of that team, I believe. That sounds like it. It sounds yeah. like Roberts that so he would have scheduled that game. Yeah, because he was on the staff at Notre Dame at one point. So yeah. that's that was probably part of that. Good stuff. All right. So you got a lot of stuff going on, sportsradio610.com. That's where you can find John. Um, a couple things here, a little bit of administrative stuff. If you are new to the podcast and you want to make sure that you get it without having to really work all that hard, click the subscribe button. Wherever it is you're getting it, Odyssey app, uh, iTunes, wherever wherever you get your podcast, click that subscribe button. That ensures that you're going to get this podcast on a timely basis. And um, and we appreciate you giving us a review. Uh, appreciate you definitely appreciate you telling a friend so that we can continue to grow this thing. And, man, if the the Texans are able to pull off the win this Sunday, it starts to get pretty exciting around here, at least for the next few weeks, and then we'll see where that all goes. Big thanks to our producer, James Jackson, who gets his podcast out to each of you, does all the fancy graphics that you're seeing at the bottom here, and uh, keeps John and I in line. Um, So, James, we thank you for that. So, for James and for John, I am Sean. We are out of time. We will see you next Sunday evening. We'll be doing the podcast right after the Texans and Colts game, giving our immediate reaction to what we just saw on the field during the day on Sunday. On Sunday, So be ready for that on Sunday. Uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Adios. Cool, John. Okay, thank you. I'll see you. Appreciate your help with the mic. What's that? Appreciate your help with the mic. Sounds great. Um, well, I'll see you uh, pregame on Sunday, right? Yeah, if you and Seth can remember, tell fans to get in their seats. We'll do. Tribute to me. Yeah, Grissom's coming up to uh, to do a segment with me and Seth tomorrow up here. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be good to go. Thank you. See, see you. you.